Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is Live Mike. With Lee Lonsberry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome to this Monday episode of Live Mike. Hey, did you guys know? Did you know that there. Uh, you know that show Suits on on the USA Network? Yeah, it turns out one of the actresses in that show married like a like a prince or something. Yeah, I had no idea. Pretty good show. Now, of course, uh, of course, I knew that uh, Meghan Merkel, Markle, Merkel, Markle, Markle, Markle. Okay, all right. Uh, Meghan, uh, she a Dutch? What did she end up with a title? Duchess of Sussex. Duchess of Sussex uh, married Prince Harry. Is he still a prince, or did they? Yeah, they. Re- are, you, are we launching into this now? We'll get we'll get there. I'm just I'm laying the groundwork, which I have not yeah, prepared for myself. He's the Duke of Sussex. Duke of Sussex, mm-hmm. and uh, and she the Duchess. Okay, very good. Uh, it turns out <clears throat> that well, listen. You, the, the truth is, I have not followed royal anything royally ever, and so <laughs> when over the weekend this big high profile two two hours right, and that was narrowed down from a like a three hour conversation between. The, the royal couple, or the formerly royal couple, I'll figure out how to refer to them appropriately in just a moment. They sit down with Oprah at their big spread in California and chat for uh, a number of hours about uh, their dramatic separate. Look at this. As, as I sit here now, looking at the wall of TVs here in uh, Broadcast House, I see uh, there's a Meghan and Harry story. There's a Meghan and Harry story. Uh, there's a, a screenshot from the Oprah interview. I, I, I may have missed the boat here. I didn't know that this was such a big deal. Uh, on, on Facebook right now, if you make your way to Facebook, the live mic page, type in Lee Lonsberry, you'll see the logo. I, I've put a question there, and very basically, it's y'all following this royal stuff? Because up until about uh, up until about twelve hours ago, uh, I'll admit to you, I, w- I was not. <clears throat> and uh, I do know that it is it's big business, certainly, right? Uh, a lot of these media outlets making plenty of money uh, on the the saga that's played out. Uh, and and I my tendency has been to make fun of it. I'll be honest. My my tendency is to uh, make fun of the the pageantry and the tradition, and really say to myself, uh, is there anything that's like more un-American seeming than to have like a monarchy? Um, but I have I've rethought that a bit. I've rethought that a bit. Now I know that these are. These are like people's lives that we're talking about and peering in on and learning all about. Uh, but I do know, too, that following the story of this family and and keeping apprised to their traditions and the drama and the intrigue, I know, too, that in a time like this, in this COVID era, it honestly ends up uh, being a bit of escapism. And maybe not the healthiest of kinds, but I do know that some, what, 17 million folks had their eyeballs glued to the television yesterday for some two hours as Oprah Winfrey spoke with this young couple and uh, shared details of their lives and the lives they left back across the pond and their deal with Netflix and 
the challenges of being parents and the challenges of being a, a newlywed couple, an interracial couple. Uh, I, th- that's real life stuff. And it may be playing out on this big royal stage, quite literally. Uh, but, but knowing that there are folks out there that are experiencing things uh, similar to what we face, I, I get that. And I understand that, and I can believe that it offers a certain measure of comfort. Uh, but listen, that's, that's the Lee Lonsberry, uh, <laughs> until recently ignorant, attitude on this thing. Uh, we've got an expert here in-house. Uh, Robin Garfield, you know her, uh, produces the movie show. She's going to be helping me out for the next little stretch here. And, uh, and we got chatting uh, over the weekend and, and this morning, and there are some details here worthy of, of discussion. Uh, Robin, you watched this. Uh, first off, welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you, Lee. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, you, you watched this, uh, the full interview. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting to kind of start at the, the aerial view of this. You asked, should we care or not about the Royals? Should we care? And I mean, I'm not into sports, and and the 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 amount of money and and pageantry that's spent across the street here at the I was going to say the Delta Center. What do we call it now? The, uh, Vivint something. Vivint Smart Home. No. Yeah. The the to me, I'm just like, I, how, how do people get involved in sure. sports? You know, a little ball in a basket. So should we care about it? I can't make a make a gender justification that you have to to care about royal life, but. For my point, sure. For my part, I am I am very keen on uh you know all things. As a little girl, even my my family were very much into British culture. We watched Monty Python and Faulty Towers, and and so I grew up. But but as I sit here looking at you now, you have great teeth. How could that be? <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we we grew up with all the all things British, and so for me, the Royals, I I do have an emotional connection to them. I I know probably more details. You know, we all think we have an intimate connection to them, but it's all tabloid stuff. Yeah. It could be all off the rails. But what makes this interview last night so significant, I think, uh, for so many people, A, it's it's the first really since 1995 when Princess Diana went on the BBC and gave a very intimate kind of peek into what royal life was like for her. And, and, and in her description of it, it was at times hellish for what she was going through. And a lot of what Megan said in the interview last night seemed very much to mirror Diana struggles, you know, no privacy, uh, no real help from the the echelon, you know, the old establishment. Just, you know, you go out on these events, you smile, you do your thing. Did that seem to be a challenge faced uniquely by Diana and Meghan, or is it simply something that exists as part of the experience and culture of the royal family? I think each one of them have different experiences. And for Meghan, something she said last night that I thought was interesting, she said when she met Harry, she didn't, she knew who he was. But she said she didn't know much about the royal family, and she didn't even Google much about him. And to me, if I were dating someone who was famous, I'd want to know everything about their family. I'd get really involved. And I think she she says in the interview, I went into this naively. Yeah. For Diana, she came from more of a kind of arist- aristocratic family, so she would have known more about the royals at the time. But but Diana was so young as well. Um, and Megan actually said in the interview that she she had been divorced before, and she'd had all this life experience. She 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 joked about she started her first job at fifteen working at a Humphrey yogurt uh-huh. uh, store, whatever that is. You know, she's definitely an outsider in in the royal family. And so this interview was kind of a glimpse into what it's like to come in. I mean, she's American. She's biracial. She has all of these factors that they've never really seen in the monarchy. And then she comes in and experiences isolation, according to her, you know, right. isolation and and it and then depression. And, um, you know, there were parts of it that were really raw. And again, we're seeing what a publicist has told them to say. While we think it might be authentic and off the cuff, I guaranteed as a producer, someone who produces radio, 
she was given the questions, you know, and, and her and Oprah probably talked a long time. You think time. so? I would think I would some think of so. The, some of the conversations we've had in the, in the newsroom here this morning with, I mean, the, the, the masters of this craft, right? The big bosses around here who observe and evaluate an individual based on their interviewing skills pretty uh, closely. It was nothing but praise for uh, what they characterized as, and, and I'll admit, I'll admit, I, I've seen excerpts of the interview. I did not sit down and watch the full two hours. Uh, I regret that now, certainly, as I talk here on the radio about it. But uh, the, the characterization is that, that uh, from folks I respect, that Oprah put on a master class on how to, uh, you know, in an honest, earnest way, get from individuals, uh, you know, the, the true essence of their experience. She did. I thought she did a great job. Again, the, it, the edit, from what we know, they edited it down sure. so they could have done anything with that. But I agree. She, she, she handled, she kept, she kept the line. She'd ask Megan a question. If she didn't answer it, she'd follow back up and say, now, what are you saying? Da, 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 you know, and Megan would clarify. Yeah. She was able to get some pretty honest answers out of her. Uh, when Harry came on, there were a couple questions that he just said, I'm not going to speak to that. I'm not going to answer that. So, well, would you remember those? Uh, um, she asked him to name, and, I, and I'm trying to remember here, I think it was name the person who uh, Megan said that somebody in the royal family was very intent on seeing what her son's skin color was when he was born. Uh, and Oprah pressed Harry on, you know, mm. who was that? And Harry said, I'm not going to speak to that. I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to say who it was. And then the palace has come out now and said it definitely wasn't the queen yeah. or, or Prince Phil or, uh, um, you know, the Duke. Sure. Uh, so who knows? It's And like you said, it's a bunch of this, that, and the other. It's almost like real housewives of, of England. But it is it is interesting to watch. And this is the future of England. And, and, and whether or not we call them leaders, they, they do have a big responsibility um, in in the UK. And the UK has so many uh, commonwealths still that sure. exist. And so... Uh, whether or not it's, I, I think it's a step up just from pure soap operatic, you know, tabloid, whatever, because okay. these people are leaders and they do have uh, some sense of power. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, Robin, I want you to hang on. I want to talk uh, a bit about uh, some of the mental health issues that were discussed during this interview. I also want to open the phone lines to folks. If you uh, ha- have a view on this, a-, a big picture view, should we be focused on this? Are you intrigued by it? Does it uh, have relatable relevance to our lives here in America or anywhere? Uh, I want you to get on the phone. Just give me your general reactions to to the attention being paid to this royal couple now, uh, in particular as they share their story. The number is 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. How do you respond to all this royal stuff? Back in a moment here on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. 1251 is the time here in the KSL Newsroom. Episode number 293. That's not so bad. Uh, moving right along. Um, we're discussing the royal interview. Did, uh, Robin Garfield joins me in studio. She's uh, the royal expert here at KSL News Radio, uh, keeping me up to speed. Because I'll, I'll admit, I, number one, have not followed royal intrigue pretty much ever. When uh, my wife was pregnant for little baby Piper, I will say we binge-watched a few of the earlier seasons of The Crown. Uh, that was fun to watch, right? That's kind of cool. I don't know that it exactly equips me to uh, to discuss the details of an interview I didn't watch yesterday, uh, but The Crown's great. Um, as we as we sit uh, and, and shoot the breeze back and forth over some of the highlights of this uh, interview of yesterday, Rob is an expert on this, going to share all of uh, her observations in just a moment. I am also curious to hear your observations. The phone lines are, are wide open right now. If you saw anything last night that uh, uh, that you think you know may have been missed by many, or uh, how about this? You think that this attention we're paying and the adoration of this royal family, the different branches of it, if you think that's just a, a nonsense waste of time, I want to hear that too. I want to hear from you. 801 
575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. If you're bashful, though I hope you're not, you do have a, a, an option in the Utah Community Credit Union text line. That is 57500. Uh, uh, there was a moment during the during the interview, uh, which again, I'll in full disclosure, I have watched only excerpts, uh, but there was a, a moment when Meghan Merkel and Pris, Prince Harry, Markle, Markle, Mark, Markle, uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry uh, were were speaking there with Oprah. The issue of race came up. Here's a, an excerpt from the interview, and then we'll speak with uh, Robin about what this all meant. There's a conversation with you, with Harry, about how dark your baby is going to be. Potentially, and what that would mean or look like. What, what, how did the conversation go from there? Yeah, so she, Oprah, of course, kind of circles back around to this. And you get the sense that while Megan was comfortable talking about that aspect of it, there's a lot of details she didn't want to disclose. You know, because naming who said that, and she didn't say if it was uh, a member of the royal family or a member of the staff, um, either one of those. So Wait, Someone in that camp? Someone in that camp. Okay. Or some people, a group of people, okay. uh, according to Megan, uh, commented to her and said, uh, you know, we're, we're waiting, we're withholding information on a title for your child until we see what the skin color looks like or, or made an implication of that. Again, she was a little vague, but, um, that in and of itself is a, is a pretty interesting and, and very, um, the, the word bombshells being used. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would expect, the, the the palace is notorious for no comment, no comment, no comment. I'm really curious to see in the next couple of days if some sort of a statement is released. Do, are, are are allegations like this common in, uh, not, and maybe not of this nature, but where you will uh, accuse an unnamed someone of some act? Uh, you know, in in the court of law, that doesn't fly. Right. Uh, in the court of public opinion, though, it turns out, especially in this 2021, uh, it, it can be a pretty right. damning thing. Not to pivot too much, but you hear sometimes. Or just recently, I read an article of an actress who was accusing a director of, uh, you know, uh, harassment, but she wouldn't name who the director was. She just said, "A director I worked with." Da 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 da. So I think it's a level of liability almost. You know, sure. here, here in the states, a- accusations like that uh, without a name often indicate that there's a lawsuit right. uh, in play. I can't imagine that this is tied to any kind of legal uh, no, fight No, it's all back family and drama, and it's all... And, and Megan even said, she had, a, she had a phrase she used in the interview that I thought was so interesting. She said, you know, Oprah was asking her, well, how did you participate? And she said, well, it is the family business. This is the family business. Uh, the royal family is a business, like you touched on. Um, and uh, I, I was brought in to the family business, and it turns out she didn't care for it very much. Mm. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to uh, speak with Kim calling in from uh, West Jordan. And hey, if you're if you're listening, you've got thoughts on this. If I you know should be paying more attention to this, or if you uh, like me have for the most part uh, ignored uh, English royalty, British royalty, uh, let me know. Eight oh one five seven five eight two five five eight oh one KSL Talk is the number. Uh, the dresses worn by the flower girls. That was an issue that came up. Oh, What's that all goodness. about? And this one made that one cry, yeah, but no, I it was the other. I can't even. This is such a he's. So apparently during her wedding prep, it, uh, it came. the story came out like six months. Megan's wedding. Sorry, Megan's wedding. The story came out like six months later that Megan had made Kate cry oh my. over something. Now, let's just let's just be honest with a wedding. Everybody's crying, right? I cried like 15 times sure. up 
until my wedding. Somebody said something. You know, you're very emotional. But Megan says in the interview, no, it was the other way around. Mm. That Kate did not like something about the bridesmaid's dress. I can't believe I'm talking on, you know, <laughs> public radio about dresses, even of myself. But uh, and, and that it made Megan cry the day before her wedding, but that Kate came and gave her flowers and was very apologetic. Which in my mind, if someone apologizes, maybe you shouldn't bring it up on national TV. But... <laughs> That's her own business. Uh, so it seems like, you know, uh, it, it was painting a bigger picture that Oprah was saying that the, the press in, in in Great Britain was uh, trying to target Meghan as being difficult to work with. And it was the smear campaign for whatever reason was part of that narrative. Are, are there also, I don't know, I want to call them allegations, but are there also kind of attitudes that the royal family, the established royal family is kind of in cahoots uh, at least in an unspoken sense, with the tabloids out there, that one must, one can only exist without the, or one can't exist without the other, and vice versa. Well, it kind of t- takes you back to the family business, sure. you know. But Megan just sued. Uh, was it the Daily Star and won this giant kind of landmark mm. um, lawsuit against them based on something they'd reported? So they're she's fighting back. Um, and there have been lawsuits in the past uh, that the royal family has waged against the tabloids. But yeah, and they also keep them in the news. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, quickly to the phones, Kim calls from West Jordan. Kim, uh, straighten me out on all. Of this what should i be attention to well you know what i love the i've followed her for years but i think it's important you know this is no different from us being fascinated with the kardashians or anyone else it's just something that we like to watch i'm proud of her for coming out and but she's sort of breaking the bubble of our fantasy of what a royal family is. We all have this fantasy that it's this perfect gilded cage, correct? Yeah. But now she's sort of breaking through that. And so that's just my take on it. Well, listen, Kim, uh, thanks for weighing in. And, and I feel the same way. I have a hard time separating this from uh, the other the other reality shows that we watch on, on television or that we make fun of, if I'm honest. Uh, real quick, before we go to break, uh, Teresa from Bountiful is on the line. Teresa, what do you say about all this? You, you into this stuff? Well, I love the royal family, and I think it's really sad when there's um, negative press. I, I like to think that all families are working out their own struggles um, inside their own hearts. But I think they do a lot of good. Um, you know, my husband said, well, why, why do they matter? Well, they matter because they are representative of the people. They they do a lot of good uh, good things throughout the world, and um, we like to have something to look up to. Yeah. So I hate to see um, a lot of negative press. We all have struggles or personality uh, challenges in our families, whether we're born into them or whether we're whatever. Uh, 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 Thank you, Teresa. I, I appreciate your, your insight there. And in particular, I appreciate one thing you mentioned about family. When it comes down to it, we are looking in on a family. You and I have families. We've got drama. We sometimes keep that to ourselves. They don't have that option, regardless of which side you take. Uh, you know, there are details in this where a father is not reaching out to his son and vice versa. That's a heartbreaking thing. A quick break. Back with more. We're going to look at uh, International Women's Day and how that's being celebrated right here in the state of Utah. Next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. 
and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.